Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Authentically Us. It's the week of February 12th, 2021, and this is going to be a Valentine's Day special of the show. We're going to talk about dating before and after transitioning. I am Lene. Thank you for tuning in. So on with me, I have a very special guest by the name of Christabel Taylor, who is also a trans content creator. Christabel, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm always I'm always happy to talk about trans issues with people. So am I. So am I. Social issues as well. So, Christabel, uh, can you give us a short bio about yourself? Where are you from, you know, and inquiring minds would like to know. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm actually from Cape Town in South Africa. Um, So I lived in in Utah for a little bit, so I was raised Mormon. Uh, But now I'm back in South Africa, and I do YouTube. I have a YouTube channel called... Power Ranger Princess, please check it out. And yeah, I'm just uh, your average 31 year old. 31? You don't look a day over 21. <laughs> please feed my ego. Feed my ego. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were much younger than that. Thank you but so 31 much. Is that still that young. does mean a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So. On the show, we are going to discuss dating, as I mentioned before, before and after transition. I'd like to compare the two because I know that a lot of us have experienced a lot of changes in our social interaction with other people since we've transitioned. So Christabel, what's the weather like in Cape Town right now? Oh my goodness, it's absolutely scorching. This is our, so we're going through our summer season, and December, January, and February are our hottest months, so it is absolutely blistering outside. Wow, so yeah, you're in the southern hemisphere, so your seasons are reversed from ours in Mm -hmm. the U.S. Yeah. We are in the dead of winter right now here where I live in Denver, and I'm looking at my phone right now, and it's one degree, and we're expecting, we have a 40% chance of snow at uh, 12 o'clock at noon, and it's 1020 in the morning where I am. What time is it where you are? It is uh, 20 minutes past seven. seven wow, evening, that is incredible. 20 minutes past seven. Yeah. Gee, wow. You've probably did all of the things that you wanted to do for the day and you're just kind of, I guess, taking it easy and, yeah, I don't know, thinking about, you know, calling in a day in a couple of hours, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Nice. All right. So let's talk about Valentine's Day. I've always liked the holiday, even though, you know, I haven't 
I don't have a Valentine this year. What I do every year since, I don't know, 2014, I created a playlist called Love Stinks. I listen to that <laughs> around Valentine's Day. These are like anti-love songs that I have that I oh, like to listen to. It makes me feel better about, you know, being single on Valentine's Day. I'm a romantic mm-hmm. at heart, and I've always loved the holiday. I always love the day after Valentine's Day, too, because that's when the candy is 50% off at the store where I live. <laughs> what about you? How do you feel about Valentine's? I'm very lucky in that I've always been very good at being single. I've never, um, of course, I've wanted to be in relationships, but it's never gotten to a point where I would say I've been sad or depressed about not having a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I was so focused on understanding myself and being authentic and living in my truth that relationships and men and all of that really took a back seat. So I really only started discovering myself romantically, um, intimately after my transition. Interesting. That's good to hear because even me, you know, I value being single also. There, there are perks that are associated with being single, believe it or not. Of course, you know, I want to have someone where I could, who I can spend my time with and, you know, we can talk and, you know, just enjoy each other. I do appreciate my alone time. We all need that. Mm-hmm, it's definitely. definitely something that some people take for granted. It's also um, reverse also, vice versa, because some people who are in relationships take those for granted as well, which is really sad. That really bothers me. Yeah, when it comes to relationships, I think I think it's normal to want to be in a relationship. It's normal to want that connection. But I think it becomes a problem yes. when that starts to hurt you. When you start right, acting people feel out like, because you feel like yeah. yeah, when you feel like you're not lovable or you're not worthy of love. Right. So when you start acting out, that's when it's an issue for me. Yes, and a lot of us in the trans community feel that way. I think for many trans women, we've adopted this narrative that was fed to us by people that didn't really care for us. And the narrative is that when you're trans, it is hard to find love, or when you're trans, um, no one will want to be with you. And people don't understand how damaging that is to the psyche of a young trans person because many people many I've met so many trans women who've decided to not transition or to not have the surgeries that they wanted out of fear of losing their partner or out of fear of not being desirable to a certain subsection of men and I think we really need to start um, throwing all those notions aside and get to a point where you're so comfortable and happy and at peace with yourself that you attract someone that is rather in love with who you are on the inside as opposed to what you have to offer intimately. And I think trans women specifically have been relegated to a position of being able to offer things 
intimately to men. And we really need to start stepping away from that because it really does hurt us in the community. Yes, I meet this I girl and that. she was absolutely lovely. She came in with her friends and she was absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. like breathtakingly beautiful. I could kind of tell that she was into me, but obviously she doesn't know if I'm heterosexual or like, you know what I mean? And and, and I think it's, it's so difficult sometimes um, being attracted to people of the same yes. sex because usually the interactions we have of people of the same sex, it's usually friendship. It's not usually romantic. And it takes so much courage for somebody to actually um, hit on someone from the same sex. It really takes a lot of courage because you don't know how the person's going to react. And I was just sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, like this girl would be absolutely perfect. She is so nice, but unfortunately I'm into men. (laughs) Yeah, I would much rather, if I had a choice, if I could honestly, honestly choose, I would much rather be with a woman, I think, as opposed to a guy. Yeah, definitely. The thing is, is uh, I feel like women have been placed in a in an interesting position in that we are taught that we need to be beautiful for men. And anything that you do as a woman, the assumption is that you're doing it with a man in mind. So if you wear a pretty dress, if you get your hair done, uh, people automatically ask, oh, who are you going to see? It, it's ne- it never seems like it's for you. Even when you go into nightclubs or or parties or whatever, it seems like mm-hmm. you are there for the benefit of the men. Now, I will be fair and say men are the ones that are expected to pursue us, but it, it's, it, it's this horrible thing where right. if you are not pursued by a man, it speaks to your deservability. It speaks to your attractiveness. It speaks to your worthiness. And it really shouldn't. And just that whole dynamic really irks me. It really, really irks me. Um, whereas I, and I may be wrong, I may be 100% wrong, but I've always looked at like lesbian relationships as we're just getting to know each other. You're not here to be sexy for me you're not my trophy. We are two equals coming together because we just want love. Um, so yeah, that's why I've always wanted to be into girls, but, uh, I'm afraid you don't choose. So yeah. Well, if you're not, you're not, that's not something that you can choose. Even though I'm not interested in men romantically, I do like and I want attention from men and I get attention from men all the time I never get attention from women at all that goes back to like you said men are pursuing females women that's their innate that's in them basically I want attention from guys too I'm not interested in them romantically it's more affirming yeah. to me as a woman whenever I do get attention from men. I think it would be more affirming by me getting attention from men than from women. 
honestly. But yeah, the the thing is, our society has been built in such a way that as women, we are conditioned that we have to fight for the attention of a man. You can look at it in, in, even in Disney, in, in The Little Mermaid, you have the scene where Ursula and Ariel are, are fighting for the prince. It's almost as though like you watch it as an adult and you think to yourself, well, I mean, come on, surely he should know what he wants. Why is it up to the women to fight for him? Um, so that's something I don't enjoy about like dating and the fact that validation for men is so affirming. It's so affirming. It and it shouldn't be, but it feels as though it once is. a man sees you as a beautiful woman, it's like tick, I pass. This is how society sees me. Never mind whether or not you're attracted to him, but the fact that he gave you that attention. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you yeah. guys don't have targets there, but um, I was at Target here a couple months ago. This was around Thanksgiving time, around then. You know, I was there shopping, you know, getting some things that I need. And this guy comes up to me. He's wearing a mask. I couldn't really understand what he was saying at first. And he was very polite, very respectful. And he said, you know, hey, you know, how are you? What's your name? I would like to get to know you. My name is so-and-so. And I, I was just glad that he was very polite and respectful mm-hmm. with me. I do appreciate that. If a guy comes to me and he's very disrespectful towards me, that is very off-putting. And I will correct them and tell them, hey, good, that's not good. how you approach a lady. I told him that, you know, I'm sorry, but I play for the other team. I think he felt kind of embarrassed. And I was kind of, I was very nervous because I didn't know if he knew that I was trans or not. Yeah. And if he were, if he were to clock me, if he were to find out, who's to say, you know, he could out me in front of the whole store or something or, you know, just yeah. start attacking me. Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is you mentioned earlier uh, when we started talking that it's so unsafe dating as a woman of trans experience. And the reason it's unsafe is because you don't mm-hmm. and know how the other person is going to react to you. Right. I would think that women would be more compassionate, have more empathy. I don't know. Some women can be worse than guys, you know. A lot of times... I wonder, you know, if they know that I'm trans and if they do know that, do they know what my what do you mean intentions, by intentions are? Whether or not I want to be, you know, girlfriends with them or if I'm interested in getting to know them on a The thing is, level. I feel like men and women use each other in different ways. Um, for women, I've seen it with myself mm-hmm. that we often use men for validation. Am I pretty enough? Am I desirable? Mm -hmm. And we use different men. And and I've seen this with myself. I would go to nightclubs and it was a competition to see how many guys would flirt with me. Now, I had no intention of getting to know these guys personally. I just wanted them to validate me. And I definitely see that as Mm -hmm. me using someone else for my own 
benefit. But at the same time, men use women continually. Um, more often than not, when they approach us, it's because they are looking for sex and they're trying to see if they can score with with a pretty girl. So we definitely use each other in different ways. When I was presenting as a guy, I grew up with sisters. I didn't have brothers growing up and I didn't hang around, you know, a group of guys or anything. I was never that kind of guy. I was always the type of guy who wanted to meet a girl and get to know her. Take things one step at a time, not to just score a bunch yeah. of women and be done with them after that. That was that was never me, but me, you know, when I was a black guy presenting as a black heterosexual male, a lot of society perceived me as being that, yes, unfortunately. Yes, Because of what, how me- media portrays black mm-hmm. men as over-sexualized, irresponsible, yeah. you know, things like that. And I was never like that because I had that family structure growing up. My parents are still married today. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for having that. But a lot of the imagery that you see in society, which determines how mm-hmm, other people mm-hmm. perceive you. How is it for you dating back then compared to dating now? Honestly, I have nothing to compare it to. I haven't, sadly, I haven't dated since oh, I've transitioned really? two and a half years ago. I've tried. Mm-hmm. It's been hard. I probably won't share this on the actual show, but I didn't go on my first date until I oh, was really? one. I was a very uh, nothing wrong with that though. Yeah, I I tried to get dates with girls. It's not something I'm proud of. Before transitioning, I always had a difficult time dating. I know a lot of it is racial. Yes. Typically, I have attractions for women other than what mm-hmm. I am. Not always, but more often than not, that was a problem for me because people made me feel bad about it guilty and that I should be ashamed of it. I've learned to accept that part of me. That's just who I am. Yeah. I can't change that. I get ghosted a lot. Yes. You you know what ghosted means, right? Unfortunately, I'm the one who ghosts people. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't use that word because, you know, in, I don't know, 20 years or so, some people might not know what that word means. Yeah. I get ghosted a lot by women a lot. You know, I can get their phone number and we can have a great conversation. Then I try calling them and a lot of women say, well, guys never call. Guys never call. Mm. I was never one of those guys who didn't call. I always called. I wouldn't call the next day or that same day, but a couple days later I would call. I would call, you know, maybe two or three times, not the same day, maybe over the course of two weeks or something, but I would never hear anything back. So after yeah, that, I, I just kind of write women, them off. We are so marred by our negative experiences dating that you meet so many different guys. Um, you have so many different people pursuing you. And it's often hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. If you blink, you can actually miss the one who is perfect for you. I think that's what I'm struggling with. Like, I try to give everybody, like, a fair chance uh, because I'm demisexual. So I really only develop sexual attraction 
Yeah. Can you define that for those who don't yeah, know what demisexual is? So demisexual is? is basically you need to have an emotional connection with someone before you can have feelings of sexual attraction. Now, most people will see somebody sexy and they will have sexual attraction. For someone who's demisexual like me, I can look at somebody and acknowledge that they are conventionally attractive, but I, my body does not respond unless I know the person. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm a demisexual trans woman. <laughs> and it's been, uh, like, I try to give everybody a fair chance because I don't know who I'm going to meet. But unfortunately, I think you mentioned earlier on when we were chatting, you said there's a lot of loneliness that trans women have, and there's a lot of alienation. I really think the alienation and the loneliness ties in with our murder rates. I've seen so many trans women that, uh, myself included, myself included, so many trans women that get so down and you feel like nobody's ever going to want you, that you start entertaining these low-value, low-quality dusties that will do nothing for you. And there is a subsection of men that will use trans women for their bodies. And we engage in these, yeah, we engage in these interactions because we want to feel something other than loneliness. We want to feel good, even if it's just for a little bit. So we disregard the risk and we go and we meet somebody in their apartment and things happen and and unfortunately some girls are unluckier than others and have been murdered um and and i think it yeah yeah i've never experienced that but yeah yeah i, I, I mean it, it happens so often and I went through a stage where I would listen to a lot of these stories about girls who got killed, and there seemed to always be a common denominator. They were meeting a man, there was something romantic involving a man, something sexual with a man, and the man obviously had shame. Risk and reward, you end up you end up being in a very, very bad situation. But it stems from this feeling that I am not lovable and nobody wants me. This is why I think um, we risk so much. Right. So this happens in your country as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. 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 Here in America, as much as I hate to say this, I have to be honest about it. It's usually black men who are killing black trans women. Yeah, yeah. They say, you know, trans women of color, yes. It's black trans women. Primarily, it's black trans women women who are being murdered. Right. And some, a lot of people are afraid to say black because they try to group us in with people of color. There are some similarities, yes, but we're still on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. different spectrums. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
And I'm not saying that all black men, you know, who yeah, do date trans not. women are going to of course murder not. trans Look, women. I will always not be an ally to my black brothers out there, my cisgender black brothers, cis and trans mm-hmm. black brothers. But I'm not going to be disingenuous. I'm not going to be right. intellectually dishonest and say that there is not an issue in our community with trans women being killed and we die because we're looking for love really that's what we're looking for Mm -hmm. we're looking for some connection yeah i'm sure if i were interested in men and if i dated men i think i would be more willing or i don't want to say settling for less but it sounds like a lot of that is due to self-esteem issues too even if there's a woman that I'm attracted to, but I see that, you know, she's not someone who will add value to my life. I won't pursue it at all. I'd rather be lonely and by myself than to be in danger or mistreated. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know what, Lene, I found for myself, and I've struggled with self-esteem. I've struggled with issues of being too dark. Um, Unfortunately, I come from a very colorist family. So I dealt with a lot of that and I've dealt with a lot of racism. So, and obviously dysphoria. So I do have insecurities, but I've always thought of myself as the type of girl who knows when to say when, who knows not to lessen herself. But but even though I, I had so many high standards and I was raised Mormon and I knew better, I still put myself in situations where I could have been murdered. I still put myself in situations, yes. Really? Yes, definitely. I am no different from any trans woman of oh, color wow. who has been murdered. No different. I was just lucky. I can understand that. I just can't relate to that like a lot of, you know, Mm. black trans women can. I I just can't because, like I said, I've never been in that situation before. I can understand it. I still feel this way as a trans woman, too, believe it or not. Not having a lot of material possessions or a high socioeconomic status. I am somewhat insecure about that, too, because... In America, people are very materialistic here. Women judge, yeah, judge men especially on what they have, Mm -hmm. their status in society. As a black person, especially when I was a black man, I was at the bottom of that hierarchy. That was another reason why I didn't get a lot of, you know, dates or anything like that. And I yeah. wasn't really very masculine I, I think either. at the end of the day, like, it, it all boils down to the fact that people are very, very lonely. And we, we need connection. We definitely need connection. Yeah. And it doesn't help when, when society sure. says that you're the wrong race or the wrong body weight or you don't have enough money or you, or you have this wrong with you. All of those things that society sort of puts on us, whether it's black, trans, lesbian, gay, demisexual, whatever, all of these things that society places on top of us has such an adverse and negative reaction um, in relation to our worthiness. And I think that's why, like, 
so many of us are so self-destructive because you kind of feel like your world is falling apart. And I know that might sound like an over-exaggeration to say, oh, you don't have a date, so your world is falling apart. But yeah, if you haven't had a date in a year and no one's shown interest in you, it can feel like you're stuck and it can feel um, like you're not wanted. And when you're in that space, when you're in that state of mind, You can find yourself doing incredible things just so you can feel love. Right. But I find that a lot of people, if you're vulnerable with them, if you're open with them and you let them know how you feel, here in America anyway, they tend to judge you and distance themselves from you. Okay, (laughs) well, goodness. That's been my experience anyway. I had one girl um, I dated. Yeah, I dated. This was when I was still a guy. She had a problem because I didn't have guy friends, and she saw that okay. as a red flag. She wanted me to have guy friends so I could show I could show her off as my trophy, I guess. I don't know. I didn't pursue that any further. For her to judge me on something like that, I didn't like that. Yeah. When I was really young, when I was a teenager and late teens, I had trouble letting people get too close. There was one girl who liked me back in high school. Her name was Kimberly. Mm-hmm. And she was a white girl. I had no problem with that. I liked her too, but I was afraid that if she got to know me as a person, that she wouldn't like me anymore, that she would find something wrong yeah. with me. Because I had had such bad experiences with women in the past. So I was nice to her. We would talk sometimes, but I always kept a distance between the two of us just so she wouldn't get too close. And she probably took that as me not being interested in her. But I was. Years later, I tried to find her online, on social media, but I never could. Maybe she got married, changed her name, I don't know. But that's one of the few regrets that I have in my life. She was a nice girl, too. A student, very smart. Recently, I don't know if you knew this or not. Have you listened to any of my show at all? You can be I, honest with me. If I you say no, I will hold that against not. you. Most because we have to. Oh, that breaks I'm my heart. so sorry. I'm really interested in it, but the thing <laughs> is, I need to get Spotify. It's a little bit expensive over here. You guys have to pay for it out there, huh? Yeah, it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout. If you go to Buzzsprout, you can listen to it there. Gee, what's in the on Apple Podcasts? If okay, you go there, you I'll can find it on there check too. It out. And if you could leave the a thing review. is, I know a lot of girls want to keep somebody as an option. I don't know if that's really fair, because I think if you like someone, you shouldn't be, you know, like cross-referencing and checking to see if you got the best deal. Um, if you like someone, you should just go for it. You know what I mean? I don't think I should have to try so hard with anyone, and I feel like I feel like I'm the only one who's really making the effort and I don't want to be that person my self-esteem is not so low where I'll continue to pursue someone or try to be friends with them and they don't yeah it it needs to be reciprocal It, it really does need to be reciprocal but to be honest I kind of feel that this is a a common issue that a lot of trans women get and I had to stop myself early early on in my transition from being the only one that pursues partners 
because I think a lot of people that are in the trans dating scene, even other trans women and trans men that date trans people, I, I think there's this idea that, you know, you can't get better than me. And I think that's very, very dangerous where on the one hand, you have the person dating the trans person who feels like they're the prize and whatever attention they give to this person should be enough. And then on the other hand, you have the trans person who feels like they're not worthy to be loved. And it creates a a situation where more often than not, the trans person feels horrible in that in that romantic encounter. So obviously, you know, so many trans men and women and gender nonconforming individuals struggle with this part of life so, so much. I actually think there's so much pain in people's hearts because of the whole like relationship thing. What do you think is the solution? How can we as trans women lift ourselves up from this sadness? Because I don't believe that our healing is ever going to rest in the arms of a lover. I think that that's just going to be a byproduct of, you know, us becoming more confident or, but it's not the answer. It's not the answer. Or at least I don't think it's the answer. No, I think we need allies, trans and non-trans allies who aren't in the community. If we have allies, we have people around us who can, you know, encourage us, look after us, provide support to us. And if we don't feel like we have that, it can be hard because I don't believe that any of us can make it through no. life alone. Some may say, oh, well, I'm misindependent. I can do this. I don't need anyone. I don't agree with that. I also don't agree with if you don't fully love yourself, how can you have someone else love you? I don't agree with that either. I think that we are yeah. all critical of ourselves. No, no one is fully accepting. We're always yeah. going to find things yeah. about ourselves yeah, that we, you know, we're always going to have insecurities. Of course, you know, we can overcome those. But at the same time, we need that connection from other people, whether it's in a relationship or through friendships. But if we don't have those things... Just like a baby. If a baby doesn't receive love, what happens to that baby? But the thing is, how do you look for that? How do you look for that? Like, I'm trying, I'm imagining the trans woman of color living in Nebraska, living just outside Omaha, Nebraska, or living in somewhere very conservative like Uganda. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uganda, it's against the law to be trans. Or, yeah, no, Uganda is... um, we should talk about that, that the laws are, are absolutely deplorable. But, but how do you find that when you're Ooh. a 16-year-old uh, trans girl or trans boy and it doesn't seem like there's anybody that understands? What helped me and what helps me still, yeah. you know, we do have social media. There's still a disconnect with that because person-to-person interaction is always yes. much better. That can never be replaced. Even if we can't find it in people, we can have hobbies or we can give service to other people in some way. I always feel better about myself when I'm able to help other people. 
Yeah, definitely. Or if I'm doing a podcast, working on music, things like that. It helps me cope yeah. with, you know, not having friends or not having I wanted to ask, know, a significant other. And maybe you've been asked this before. You probably get tired of this question, but have you ever mm. gone to like gay clubs, like gay and lesbian clubs? I have never been. Well, I went to a gay club once mm-hmm. by accident. This was in San Diego. Didn't stay long. I ended up asking for my money back from the bouncer because I, it was an area of San Diego called Hillcrest, which is a gay area of San Diego, or it was at the time. And there was some dude playing a saxophone in his underwear. And there were women there too, but they were mostly men. And after being there for about 10 minutes or so, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is a gay club. (laughs) The music was all right, but it was really weird. So I immediately finished my drink and I I left. And I asked the bouncer on the way out if I could have my $10 back. He was reluctant at first, but I told him, I'm so sorry. I had no idea this was a gay club. So he gave me my money back. After transitioning, no, I have not gone to a gay club. And with COVID here, I don't know if clubs are still open. And honestly, I am kind of weary about going to that type of environment by myself. Even now, I try not to go out at night if I don't have to. I won't even go to the gas station at night. Like, my thing is, yes, gay clubs can be very, very toxic. And I definitely think there is an issue of racism within uh, a lot of gay clubs. I find that racism is amplified. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, gosh. It's terrible. But I have found that... In the gay clubs, you can meet some of the most amazing people. A lot of women that go to gay clubs are, in fact, lesbian themselves. And and I've been hit on by lesbians. How are they towards trans women, though? Because there are some lesbians that hate us. Yeah, they are. They are. I've been very, very lucky in that my interactions with, again, like with younger lesbians, I find that transphobia is more prevalent amongst older people and with younger people it, it is there but but it's not yeah. as intense i found a lot of lesbians to be extremely positive extremely positive i've i've had a couple that have right. been really interested in dating me it's such a wonderful space especially if you are a lesbian trans woman Right. Do you go to those by yourself? I though? used to. I I used to be very bold. I I was the type of kid who would just if I wanted to go out, I would go out and I would just meet people and rely on my personality. Now not so much because obviously COVID and I've gotten older and I'm moving away from the club scene. I find that it's People in gay clubs, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but it's either they will be super, super nice and super, super woke, or they will not. Even though I have reservations about gay clubs, I think that it's worth paying some gay clubs a visit just so you can create a friend group just so you can create a community of people and and you don't have to see them all the time at the club relationships develop and eventually it becomes oh let's go out for coffee and that sort of thing but i definitely think that a community is important 
Right. Have you been to any no, gay clubs? No, here in I was I was still very, very religious. And plus, I mean, I was in Arkansas and Utah, so. Yeah, I find that the clubs in America are different from the ones outside of America. When I was in college, I would go up yeah. to Montreal sometimes. One time, my friend and I, we went together, my roommate, we had such a great time. We went to a club one night. I think it was on a Wednesday. It was only maybe a couple dollars, a few dollars to get in. We had such a great time. It was yeah. in Montreal, Canada. The clubs there were so different. The people were different from the way they were here. The last time I went to a club here in Denver, I nearly got into a fight with a guy. Yeah, there was a girl there, a a young lady, and I was kind of talking to her. She was a little shy. Then this other dude, who's bigger than I am, comes up to me and he starts yelling at me, get the out of here, get the you know what out of here. I look at her, you know, hey, you can decide, Do you? would you like to talk to me or would you rather talk to this fool? And she didn't say anything to him. So I casually walked away. And later what? that night, I saw her with him. I ended up leaving. This was way back. While I was out in San Diego that time, I was in California, because I drove down the coast for my birthday one year, went to a club there. And in San Diego, people are so superficial. Oh, yeah. There were foreigners there from Europe. They were so, yeah, they were so nice and friendly with me. They were, you know, asking if they could touch my hair and everything. And I don't get offended if someone wants to touch my hair. I know some of us do, but I'm not one of those. You know, people are curious. But they were so nice to me. But all of the girls, all of the American girls, the locals, they would not give me the time of day. It seemed like they would not talk to you unless you look like you Well, I mean, California is like that. California is like that. Very fake. Yeah, but I did want to say, if you ever do come to Cape Town, please let me know. I guess because you're a foreigner, people will be so fascinated with you and the whole accent and everything. But if you're ever in Cape Town, please let me know. I will. I want to go to Africa this summer. I have to raise the money, though. I would like to go for my birthday this year, but I was thinking about Yeah. I would probably have more fun in Cape Town, but Cape Town and Durban, Uh, they're about, what, nine hours away? Flying? No way. There's no way it's nine hours flying. Isn't it like two hours, three hours at the most? Flying Flying would be three three hours. hours. Driving would be like 20. Oh my gosh, that's insane. You think that they're so close. I'm looking at the continent of Africa on my map here. Wow, you know, I I want to do that. And I'm going to, I need to start doing this soon to set up a Patreon or GoFundMe for, with my music, of course, I want to give something. But if I could raise the money, that would be wonderful. I'm still trying to work things out with my new passport too. That process has been pretty bad. I have to start all over again. That's what I want to do. I want to go to South Africa this summer. I heard it's more LGBTQ friendly than the rest of Africa. a thousand and one percent. Someone else told me just from the way that I talk and that I'm African-American that I'd be treated like Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. You definitely would. Also, given the fact that you're... you're on the lighter side and you're American, that would be seen as exotic. Well, I mean, it's, you're not like, you're not my complexion or you're not like Kelly Rowland. You're like medium brown. 
Yeah. Brown, Listen, Lene, I actually have to go. <laughs> My mom is literally standing by the door. <laughs> okay. All right. So how about we meet tomorrow on Zencaster at the same time? I'll send you a run of show and we'll just run down everything. We're going to try to make this episode probably no longer than... 30 minutes, 35 minutes, because I have to edit everything. And I want to release this by this weekend sometime, no later than Valentine's Day. If you could send me a picture of you so I can include it on the audiogram, that would be wonderful. (laughs) If you could do that today. Cool, cool. All right, Christabel, so I'll send you a run of show later on today. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much. It was nice catching up with you. I'll catch you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Thank you All right. so much. Have a good rest of your day. So this concludes part one with my guest, Christabel Taylor. Coming up next will be part two, so be on the lookout for that one. Please follow us on Instagram at Authentically Us Podcast. My personal Instagram is L-A-N-A-E-8199. And you can also email us at AuthenticallyUsPodcast at gmail.com. My YouTube channel is Lene Marie, and we're also on Patreon. So if you're interested in supporting the show, please look for us on Patreon. It would mean the world to me if you could provide some kind of support for what we do here. Thank you. I'd like to leave you with a song that's kind of romantic. It's a song that I wrote, produced, and recorded back in 2015, pre-transition. It's called A Cut Above the Rest. Our time is now. Let's change the world. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. See